You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Renee. And we better be prepared because the Lord is coming again. He could come at any moment, so uh, be prepared. All right, if you would please turn your Bibles to the book of uh, the book of Proverbs. I got a number of verses I'm going to share today. I uh, don't often preach a topical message, but this is a topical message. Uh, so I'll be uh, starting with a verse and covering the topic. And then I would like to also, if you would please, turn over to 1 Kings 11. We're going to read in Proverbs first, but then I want to read in 1 Kings 11 as well. Proverbs chapter 4 and 1 Kings 11 is where we're going to start. <clears throat> Before the scripture reading, I want to share a, uh, a story. Um, I'll be talking some about security today, about security, security measures. Um, and uh, But I was reminded as I began to study for this message uh, that on the morning of October 5th, 1997, in Charlotte, North Carolina, authorities discovered that $17 million had been heist from uh, the Loomis Fargo Armored Car Service. Uh, an employee named David Gant was missing. Uh, he was from uh, just a county. Uh, matter of fact, I think we're from the same county, Kings Mountain. Uh, uh, David Gant was missing. And... Uh, uh, and in the days to follow, uh, the FBI became suspicious as a close friend of Gantz uh, by the name of Kelly Campbell. Uh, she moved, at, well, she, uh, she previously just, you know, minimum wage type job or whatever, living just in a, a little trailer in a little trailer park. And, uh, uh, you know, not doing very well as far as financially. Well, it st started getting kind of suspicious when she went and brought a brand new BMW, paid cash for it. Uh, and then she moved out of her single wide trailer, uh, with, uh, a bo her boyfriend and they bought a mansion on Kramer mountain, a place called Kramer mountain there, uh, back home. And, uh, and they decorated it with uh, velvet Elvis paintings, <laughs> a bulldog dressed like George Patton. They had a bust of Caesar in their dining room. So they did have class. Um, and a six-foot-tall wooden Indian. And, and so they paid cash for all of this, I mean, from the trailer. And so obviously uh, they thought they might have figured out and be able to piece together what happened. And sure enough, uh, this uh, man, David Gant, had got involved with this girl, Kelly, and uh, came up with a scheme, but there was another guy that was kind of pulling the strings behind her. Uh, David Gant took 50000 which is as much money as you could cross uh, into Mexico with at that time, uh, crossed in and actually went to... Uh, uh, Cozumel, if I'm if I remember correctly, uh, Mexico, and was going to hide out there until she sent him the wired in the rest of the money and came down with it or whatever else was supposed to happen. Of course, they never sent him a dime uh, as he was down there in Mexico. One thing led to the other, and they were finally, as you can imagine, these weren't the smartest people uh, ever to don Gaston County, even though maybe pretty close. I'm making fun of my hometown there, but anyway, uh, but uh, but no, uh, they they the authorities did was able to uh, get uh, 
the security footage and everything and uh, but 17 million dollars they heisted and um, and so it's just kind of an interesting story because I was thinking about heist in regards to this message I was thinking about security and just thought I would share a humorous story that I can share out of my uh, home area and of the pride of the genius and everything that goes on down there sometimes but don't you miss it Miss Sharon all right, uh, but uh, but if you, in, in Proverbs chapter four, verse number twenty three, the Bible says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." And I, I wish I could just have that verse burned into my heart and mind, and I hope that it, it can be into yours as well. Keep thy heart with all diligence not just some diligence but all diligence for out of it are the issues of life that word keep right there carries the idea of protecting guarding diligently all diligence standing guard staying guard watching out being careful to see What's coming? A guard. Uh, and so we need to learn to guard our hearts, keep our hearts, not just sometimes, not in a, in a lackadaisical manner, but with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In other words, because of what comes out of our hearts, when the Bible talks about our heart, it's really talking about our soul. Our soul is our mind. Uh, and, the, and, and, and our emotions and our will and, and the heart is connected and, and really comes out of who we are, our souls. So keeping our hearts, for out of it are the issues of life. So whatever we do in this life is going to be affected by whether or not we keep our hearts, guard our hearts, guard our souls, guard our thinking, guard what we let in, guard what gets out. And as I was thinking about this, I told you to turn to 1 Kings because uh, this is where I was reading when this verse came to mind. In uh, 1 Kings 11, verse 4, uh, and I'll just read this one verse. The Bible says, And it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives, yes, plural, 600 of them, turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Uh, and I've, I've met men that seemed like they thought it would be a great idea to have 600 wives, but I don't think they stopped to consider that they'd all have, also have 600 mother-in-laws uh, to go along with that. <laughs> now, if that was my mother-in-law, that would be just fine. But, uh, but for many, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. But, but it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart from the Lord. Now, the thing that really struck me about these two verses being together is do you, do you know who wrote to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life? Solomon. Solomon. The man who failed to keep his heart and allowed his wives to turn his heart away from the Lord. Now, so we guard, we go, something is guarded to keep something out or someone out, or sometimes things are guarded to because there's guards that stand at watch at the gate or at the door, but there's often guards within. I mean, 
You know, you go someplace where uh, there's something real valuable. You go someplace where maybe there's someone important uh, in the uh, in in attendance. And not only is there going to be security at the door, but there's going to be security people uh, staged and uh, th- throughout the uh, the room where you're at. So there's going to be people trying to keep things from getting in. Sometimes maybe keeping certain things from getting out. And maybe uh, once some people are in, there's still security that's scanning the perimeter, looking at people, uh, trying to observe behaviors and so forth. Security, scanning what's going on. So I want to preach today about soul security. Soul security. Um, and I can remember uh, when uh, I, I went, I got to go to Washington, D.C., a couple of years ago, and uh, maybe it was last year, I can't remember, but not too long ago that I went to D.C., and I was pretty excited because uh, I was going to get to go to a banquet uh, where the president was going to be speaking. The only thing is, is I, I literally got there just moments too late, and so they wouldn't, the, the, the police would not even allow me to cross the street to get to the property, the hotel where he was going to be speaking at. And I mean, I had a reserved seat. I would have been sitting at a table uh, with uh, with my friend that invited me. I would have been sitting there with John Hagee and that would have been good. Maybe I could have straightened him out on some things. And, but just right up there and, and would have got to hear the president speak. And so, but security kept me out. They kept me off the premises. It was strict. It was stringent. I talked to the nice lady and I said, ma'am, I said, I've got a ticket. I, there's a spot for me in there right now. She's like, I'm sorry. She said, they, they called and, and the president's on his way. And right now it is totally shut down. Nobody's getting in there. Nobody's getting out. Uh, to strict security and I tried to explain to her to no avail and then it was still pretty cool because then a few minutes later sure enough the president just rode like you know from here to the front row uh, from me and, uh, and it was just kind of funny because that uh, lady uh, officer she just looked at me she said his hair is it really is like that and I'm like his hair really is like that but anyway um, but they kept me out Security was tight. Security was stringent. Uh, I did get to hear the vice president speak at, a, at an event that was honoring James Dobson before we left. And uh, I was, we were getting pictures and all that. Uh, and so the security was, was strict, not as strict as with the president, but still pretty strict to get in and out of there. Uh, and I was trying to get them to take a picture uh, of... Uh, I was trying to get them to put my hands behind my back and act like they were like uh, arresting me and get my friend to take a picture of it. Uh, but they wouldn't do it. I just thought it'd been a cool profile picture or something, you know, but uh, especially for a preacher. But anyway, um, uh, but the security was tight. The security was strict. Um, and so, uh, again, uh, we, we, we need to keep, we need to learn to, a little bit about securing our souls, securing our lives, securing, uh, keeping our hearts, keeping our hearts to guard, to protect, to, to keep. Um, because there's sometimes there's people that may there's things that try to sneak into places people that try to sneak into places they don't belong uh, I've always thought it would be cool you know I, I remember years ago it was the coolest thing ever they had a big ball at the White House and there was this couple that crashed it without an invitation this couple from Texas just went to this big ball you remember that the coolest thing ever I mean you know depending on your perspective and they, they weren't there meaning no harm they just were there and acted like they belonged and and just uh, you know socialized with everybody but they snuck in uh, you know there's a lot of times things will try to sneak into your life 
Things will try to sneak into your life. Some things are pretty obvious that you should not have in your life. Other things are not as obvious. There's something else as well. You want to know, there's also, I actually started reading about different heists uh, over the years, and I, you know, I decided to share the genius one out of all of them with you, the one out of uh, uh, North Carolina. But there's a lot of heists through the years, and there's sometimes that people would find a way, say, into a bank or into a vault of some sort, and they would try to stay there even after the doors are closed. Sometimes there's things that are trying to sneak into our lives, but sometimes there are things that have been in our lives from the times that we uh, were young, things that from our upbringing, things from our experiences, thoughts, uh, worldly wisdom that we just uh, have, have accepted as wisdom that we allow that just are in our lives. But we need to scan the room of our souls. We need to scan our hearts. And if there's anything in there that doesn't belong, if there's anything in there that could pose a risk, Amen. that could pose a risk, we need to be diligent yes. in addressing that. Uh, just as uh, you know, you can think of others that are so diligent when they're protecting. You know, I read a story about one of the uh, a, a, a heist of the the crown jewels years ago, and it was interesting because they were. Uh, uh, Colonel Thomas Blood. Uh, he uh, he got with the prostitute, he posed as a minister, she posed as the minister's wife, and they convinced uh, the they, they convinced security to let them go in and actually hold the crown jewels. And they ended up damaging it and breaking it up, and it was a big, uh, a big deal. But the fact is, is that there's a lot of deception out there that we need to be on guard for as well. So, um, when we talk about security, the security we have over our hearts ought to be strict. Security. There ought to be a lot of scrutinizing going on in our lives, as I'll mention again in a, in a second. I'm going to think about this. Why do we guard? Why is something ever guarded? There's generally not a guard out at the, out, out at the, the county dump, you know? Well, sometimes there is, trying to make sure you don't bring stuff in there. But they're not saying, by golly, this is valuable stuff. You know, we got to keep people out. I mean, that's not normally the way that happens. Usually... It's when there's something valuable there, something of great value. And I thought about this. Um, Matthew 24, verse 43, Jesus said, But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in, in, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. He would have watched. He would have been on guard. And folks, we need to be on guard. Amen. Uh, uh, and, and obviously, if we're being on guard, if you think about somebody taking something, because there's different reasons, as we'll see in just a moment, we need, be, we need to guard something valuable. We need to guard from thieves. The Bible says in John 10, verse 10, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. That they might have it more abundantly. Folks, we need to learn to guard some things from thieves. Amen. See, as God's people, we have three primary enemies. And the Bible lists them as the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. Now understand this, the world does not refer to people in the world. The, when the Bible talks about the world being our enemy, when the Bible says be not conformed to this world, and when it says things along those lines, listen, the world is a system. Amen. 
The world is the system. It's, it, it's the philosophies of this age. It's the, it's the doctrines of our society that oppose God and have for years. So the world doesn't speak of people, but it's because the Bible says our battle's not with flesh and blood. He said, wait a second, didn't you just say that our other enemy was the flesh? Yes, but that speaks of our old nature, our flesh, our old desires. Folks, uh, I can't remember the preacher who used to say it, but he says, he said that I, he said, I look my my, uh, enemy in the face every day and give him a shave. And that's kind of how it is. We are in many ways our own worst enemy. There's the world, the flesh, and then obviously the devil. The Bible says our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And it goes on. Um, We have a battle from thieves that would break in. Uh, we have a, a battle against saboteurs. What about where it says here, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To destroy. Uh, Matthew 13 verse 25 says, But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. So they failed to guard the field, and so the devil sowed uh, uh, tares among the wheat, the saboteurs. Folks, I say this to all of us, but I say it especially to the young people. We need to guard our purity. Amen. We need to guard purity from perverse thoughts and communication. Uh, we need to be real careful, all of us, each of us, about because many of you may be saying, man, I have, I have lost my purity in my mind. I've, I've seen things I shouldn't have. But you know what? I believe that God can still preserve some of those things Amen. into your heart and into your life. I mean, we need to guard purity. Uh, man, we live in a time to where... As, as individuals, we need to be diligent. The Bible says keep your heart with all diligence. Uh, so we need to keep ourselves. We need to watch because it is so easy to, uh, to, for something to come try to sneak into your life. Uh, you know, you, you try to read an article online or something. I did this the other day. Read an article online. I mean, and I mean, it was a political article or a sports article. Or I can't remember what it was. But some of the ads right in the midst of those paragraphs was, was just something horrendous. And uh, so, what do you do? You got to guard against that stuff. You got to be careful. And of course, uh, and I would encourage you in this too. There's uh, a number of people within the church that actually have some different uh, uh, programs, apps, software, whatever it is that can help. Uh, you know, shield a lot of these things. And by the way, may God help us as parents. And I'm speaking to me as well as to you because, man, there's some tricky stuff out there for our kids in the world. And don't you think that the world's not targeting our kids? There is no mercy and there is no extent uh, of depravity that they would not try to reach the youngest child in here with. It is amazing. Uh, there, there are, they actually, there, there's apps, uh, there's games that have, that, that the app on the phone, as far as what it looks like, it'll say one thing, uh, innocent, but if you click on that app, you open it up and it's some perverse you know, game. Yes about fornication and, and different things like that. And, and all these different shielded thing, uh, things that they uh, try to infiltrate. Young people, you be careful about that. Amen. You be accountable for yes. that. You guard yourself. You guard your purity. See, because the way the enemy works is, I mean, listen, the enemy's not an enemy. I mean, the enemy's not a stupid. He is an enemy, but he's not stupid. Uh, he knows how to be deceptive. Amen. He knows how to make this look like, are you really going to be the only one that misses out on this? 
This is obviously what kids are looking at today. Men, this is obviously just what men are doing today, looking at today. There's nothing, you know, what's so wrong with that? It's just the way it is. No, it, it, it can prevent, present itself in some very subtle forms. But may God help us to guard from perverse thoughts, guard purity, guard piety, uh, guard piety. In other words, make sure to try to be living a holy life for God. Keep our motives in check. Make sure that by God's grace, we are living uh, for the glory of God. And so we think about the attack of the enemy. So we think about right now this outside job. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11, lest Satan should should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. See, Satan seeks to get an advantage of us. In other words, he's trying to gain some ground in our life. And it says we are not ignorant of his devices, but I'm afraid many Christians are ignorant of his devices. We need to learn to be on watch. The Bible says, and by the way, let me tell you something else here too. We need to be on guard against false doctrine as well. Amen. Just because something looks good and, and, and says Jesus does not mean that it's pure, does not mean that it's right, does not mean that it's sound doctrine. Uh, I mean, uh, listen, not everything carrying a Bible and a smile and a suit and whatever else is representing the truth of God's Word. We need to be discerning. I'm telling you, the last thing you need when it comes to somebody guarding, uh, when you're trying to guard something valuable, you do not need a gullible security guard. You do not need a gullible security agent. You do not need an overly friendly security agent. It's okay. Dan, would you mind just standing back there at the door for a second? See, I want Dan to be the guard, all right? And so Dan is on guard. So Dan Dan doesn't need to be the type of guy to where I can convince him and trick him and feed him some line. You know what? Uh, Dan, if he's going to be security, he's going to have to be uh, scrutinizing. He's going to have to be a little critical. Now, we're not talking about being critical of people in this situation, but we need to be critical and very careful, very discerning if we hear some preacher out there. Oh, are you judging them by really examining? We just need to take their word for it. What are you talking about? No, we don't. We have a Bible. We need to know they're saying it right. But I think about Dan back there standing guard because I thought he'd be a good example of this. Uh, You know, don't be a sucker. I think Dan's a good example of that. But I started thinking about this. As a guard... And, and as a guard, as security, I start thinking about Dan. Evan, I want you, if you will, to be unforgiveness. Would you do that for me? And try to get on in there. Get on back. All right. He's cracking his knuckles. And uh, let's see how this goes here. How big and strong is Evan? See, it's not going to work. Connor, I want you to be bitterness and resentment. Would you mind? You try to get through Dan. <laughs> I mean, and here they go. But you, you see, and Dan turns them away. There's, there, there's, there's impurity. There's all these other things. You boys can sit down. Thank you, Dan. But I mean, just get that example of the, the, the idea because there's the outside job of things that are trying to get in. But we also got to be aware the example I gave you was about a man named David Gant. It was an inside job. He worked for Wells Fargo, or not for Wells Fargo, but for Loomis Fargo. He worked for the... The company, it was an inside job. And so, folks, we got to be careful about, a, uh, about an inside job. See, many of us are not on guard enough when it comes to unforgiveness, when it comes to bitterness and resentment. You know what? Bitterness and resentment 
unforgiveness, those boys are after your peace. They're after your peace. They're after your love. They're not really. Uh, But unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment are. They're after your peace. They're after your love. And I'm telling you, many people, many Christians have allowed bitterness, unforgiveness to come into their lives and steal something from them. And what's worse, we've allowed bitterness and resentment to build a stronghold in our lives, in our hearts, in our souls, to where now they, they, they have a permanent place there. And yes, while we may be here today, while we may be singing and we may be teaching and we may be preaching and we may be doing all these other things, all the while we've got an enemy in the midst. We've We've got an enemy in the midst. And it's unforgiveness. It's bitterness. It's resentment. You need to get tighter with your security. And you need to say, you know what? I'm going to escort you right out of here. You are gone. You don't belong. You do not have an invitation. Amen. Can I see your ticket, please? Can I see your papers? You do not belong here. You are being escorted out. You need, to, you, need to, you need to learn to escort some things out of your life. Dismiss some things out of your life. Be on guard. Uh, anger. Anger is an inside job. Anger is after your temperance or your self-control. Anger is after your joy. Anger is after your joy. It's after your uh, self-control. Folks, many of you are letting anger dictate your life. You need to escort it out. And every time he tries to show up again, sorry, I'm taking you right back out again. You know, I mean, it'll try to sneak in through the gate. It'll try to climb the wall. It'll try to, you know, grab a a big bass and sneak in with the mariachi band. (laughs) That's an old movie reference. But what, however it gets in, I mean, listen, that's going to try to find, and every time it comes in, nope, you're right back out again. You know, it's kind of like Buddy the F when he's trying to get in the Empire State Building. Every time, no matter what, we're escorting you back out. And uh, sorry, that's an ancient literature reference you may not get. <laughs> but there's some things that we have that keep on trying to make an appearance. Nope, Amen. you're out. You're out. You're out. You're coming back again. You're getting out of here again. See, but the problem is with some of us, we have actually we've allowed we've allowed some things to be in our lives so long. There's people that's allowed things to be in their lives from the time they were kids. And now they're adults. Now they're maybe grandparents or great grandparents, and they've allowed these things to live there. Turn your security light on. Turn on the scanner. I mean, listen. Turn on that. Uh, that I, I remember years ago. I was watching. Uh, I was watching the Green Berets with John Wayne when I was a kid, and uh, I can remember in that movie that I believe it was John Wayne that was able to pick up on Charlie being in the camp. You know, they were always after Charlie, uh, but. Uh, but anyway, Charlie was in the camp, but the way that he knew it is because he recognized that the boots weren't right. He recognized that the boots weren't right, so there was a saboteur in the camp. All I'm saying is, he had a discerning eye. He was being careful. He knew what was supposed to be there. He knew what was not supposed to be there. And as God's people, we need to get into God's Word and we need to understand and realize what needs to be in our hearts and what doesn't need to be in our hearts. And if there's something, it doesn't matter. It may be something we've had in our lives all of our lives. We may need to escort that out. I've had to do that. I've had to say, you know what? You've had a stronghold here. You are no longer welcome. Worry is after your faith. Turn the security on. No, no, no. 
Worry, I see you coming in. Nope, I've got security going to bring you out. You're going out. We need to learn and exercise some soul security. Uh, we, and we have some built-in security measures. Did you know that? The Bible says, Ephesians 4.27, Neither give place uh, to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. We do not have to allow the devil into our lives. We do not have to allow these things into our lives. Giving places, giving ground, giving territory. Um, So uh, Acts 15 verse 29 says, Abstain from fornication from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Keep yourselves. It's not talking about keeping yourself safe. It's talking about guarding yourself. Guard yourself from fornication. That's good. Uh, you know, the, the thing about the man in Proverbs, the foolish man that fell into fornication in the book of Proverbs that we read about, the Bible says that he went near her house. He went near her house. He went that way. Don't go that way. Amen. Don't go on that website. Don't watch that movie. Uh, don't be alone with that person. Amen. Whatever the I mean, keep yourselves. 1 John 5.21 says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Guard yourself from anything getting more important than God in your life. Jude 1.21 says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We need to learn by the grace of God to be diligent. And as I repeated in Sunday school, be diligent, be vigilant. I mean, be on guard, be on the lookout. We should have victory. This, this, this yes. is a message about spiritual warfare. This is a message about all the attacks that we have. But what we need to have is, uh, you know, many of you have had to go through uh, security scanners. You walk through, and you know, especially if you're at the airport, uh, uh, many of you have gone through and sporting events and different things anymore. You got to go through like a metal detector, and you walk through, and you know, you got to take any metal that you got out, and you go through there, and if you don't take it all off, beep 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 beep, you know, and uh, and and so this is a security measure, and you know what? We need to let God's word be our scanner. When we need, when we have things coming into our lives, if we have things into our lives, this is God's word. This is what's going to help detect security threats. And so, what we do is we run this over our lives, and we go down through here. And if I and when we start doing the scan, and it's beep 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 beep. What's going on in my thought life? Yeah. What's going on in my thought life? You know what? We can get control of that. We can, through God's Word and through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, God can give us control of that. We go on down into our hearts and, and, and whatever it is that's working into our lives, and we can say, does that belong? And God's Word, if you will learn it, if you will read it, if you will apply it to your life, this can become a filter. It can become a security measure. And that's really what it will be, a spiritual security measure in our lives that will help us detect and and it also empowers to escort it right out of here right. through the power of the Holy Ghost of God because the Bible says, greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. So we've got a promise of victory. Use God's Word. How does your life, how does your thought life match up with God's Word? Because by the way, it's really 100% in the mind is where it starts. We, it's 100% in the mind and then it goes, the, the, what we think affects the way we feel. What we feel affects the things that we do or don't do. But it all starts with what we think. It all starts by not... See, the Bible says we can bring, should bring every thought captive. Amen. Every sh- thought should come through security. Every one. Oh, that's tedious. It's a long process. The lines are longer. It doesn't matter. Every thought's going through security. That's good. Every one's going right here through the Word of God. 
Not only those that I'm letting in, but what about those that I've been letting in for a while? You know what? Security is going to do a sweep of the whole place. Amen. Wait a second. Why do I still have that unforgiveness in there? Why do I still have that lust in my heart toward some person? Or why do I still have this anger uh, toward this? I mean, whatever the case may be. Okay, God, there it is. I've identified it. Now with your help and grace, let's get it out. And you know God will help you do that yes. today. And so I challenge you today as we all stand to, uh, to practice, enforce some soul security, some heart security. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Amen. For out of it are the issues of life. Let me say, ask you this. What kind of life are you living? Amen. If, you, if you do that verse backwards, it would say this. You can tell by the life that you're living what's going on in your heart. What you've allowed into your heart. Uh, or not allowed into your heart. Or allowed to get out of your heart. Whatever the case is, by God's grace, do some security, some soul security. And miss on you if you'd come play. But I want to say this. If you're here today and you're not saved by God's grace, I'd like to talk to you about some eternal security. Amen. Eternal soul security. Because right now, of course, the message is directed mainly toward uh, the saved and your hearts and thoughts and everything being right, that victory. But if you're here today and you are not saved by God's grace, God offers you some major security. And that's salvation by grace through faith. You've sinned against God Almighty. We all have. But if you've not yet come to Christ for forgiveness, you will one day answer for that sin. I should, I should say you will one day answer for that, and for all eternity you'll answer for that. But see, the price has already been paid. Forgiveness has already been purchased. Right now, you may need to examine your heart and your mind when the enemy says, you're fine. Who says you're fine? I'm going to wait till later. Who says you got later? Because God does not say you're fine. God does not say wait till later. God says you need help now. Today's the day of salvation. You can't wait till later. It's now. Don't believe Satan. I promise you one thing. He is a liar. He's a liar. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank You so much, God, for the way Your Word has worked in my life. Lord, You've helped me evict some things out of my heart that do not belong there. And I thank You for that. But Lord, as I preach to others today, I sure don't want to be disapproved myself. I don't want to be a castaway myself. Help me to be faithful, God, to practice these security measures. Because this is a challenge. This is a daily. This is a, a, not only a day by day, hour by hour, but this is a moment by moment challenge, Lord. Amen. Help me, dear Lord God, to let Your Word and the truth of Your Word catch any impure thing, wrong thing from getting in. And Lord, if I do have something in or I've let something in, God, we've got some good security that can get it right out. Aggressive security. Scrutinizing, I mean aggressive, uh, diligent security, Lord. Help us, dear God. I mentioned the young people. God, help us parents to do everything we can to help our young people, to keep them from these things. But God, I pray You'll help the young folks, dear Lord, to 
realize the importance of them practicing security as well. The devil sure knows how to make things look good. But he never shows us the end. He only shows that temporal satisfaction, that temporal pleasure. But he does not show the end results. God, help us to have some wise young people in this church. Dear Lord, that will exercise some security in their lives, some soul security, some heart security. They might be hiding some stuff from mom and dad, but exactly what are they hiding? They're hiding something dangerous. They're hiding something that's detrimental. Help our young people to be wise young people. Help us old people and adults to be wise people. Because we can do the same thing the kids can. God, there shouldn't be anything that we have to hide. There shouldn't be anything that we have to cover up. Lord, we ought to be able to have hearts and lives that are open before you. And uh, we pray for that, Lord. Help us with that. If there's anybody not saved, please save them today, Lord, in Jesus' name.